the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We show kindness not because of how it will be received, but as a representation of the love of Jesus for the glory of God. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. There's an element of godly fear that we live with. But that's really a fear of knowing the awe of God. We, we don't want to miss out on anything of Him. We, we want to see Him in light of his holiness. But he doesn't want us to live as if we have to hide from his anger. When I have peace with God, I don't have to fear God. When I have peace with God, I don't have to fear death. Listen to this. When I have peace with God, I don't have to fear man. Over 25 years in ministry, I would say one of the things that cripples people more than anything else is the fear of man. And the fear of man is always sinful. So how do you know if you're fearing man? Well, are you living as a people pleaser? Just look at the relationships closest to you, in your marriage, in your workplace. We all have good days and bad days. Does it it knock you sideways when someone you care about has a word of even constructive criticism or, or when they say something you don't understand or disagree with? Do you live in the fear of man, or maybe it's not people that you love that you're close to. Maybe it's people you work with. Are you always walking on eggshells? That's not the Christ way. If you have peace with God, don't fear man. Why would I have peace with God and fear man? But here's a biggie. I don't have to fear God. I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear man. And I don't have to fear self. And that's important because you know who your worst enemy is? Everybody take your finger and point like this. And now turn back this way. You're your own worst enemy. Listen to me. Nobody's ever going to hurt you worse than you. Nobody. But when I have peace with God, I'm, I'm walking in the grace of God. I have the opportunity to be restored in the right relationship with God. And so I don't fear self. I hope you know, and this is so important as we walk into the holiday season, which is difficult for many people. Peace will never be found in pills. Peace will never be found in power. Peace will never be found in our possessions. Peace will only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. And by the way, when you have that peace with God, guess what that allows you to walk in? The peace of God. You'll never have the peace of God until you've had peace with God. But when you've had the peace with God, you have the peace of God internally and you're able to have peace with others externally. That's why Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit 
the bond of peace. This is so big. I guess before I move on, I want to remind you of one more thing. Remember, God's peace is different. Another passage we talk about at funerals. Jesus was talking to his disciples as he was preparing them for his death. Here's what he said, John 14. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. For in my Father's house are many mansions, mansions, and I'm going to prepare one for you. If it weren't so, I, I wouldn't tell you that. But I am coming back. And when I come back, I'll take you to be with me. And then he says a few verses later. So until then, my peace, I leave with you. Just think about that for a second. If you know Jesus, one of the gifts that he kindly gives to you is peace. My peace I leave with you. And then he said, not as the world gives. My peace is different. So Paul would describe it this way when he reminds us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication to make our requests known to God, that the peace of God, which what? surpasses all understanding. Do you understand what that means? That's the old King James translation of it. But it means you have peace when it doesn't make sense. It means you have peace in the midst of death. You have peace in the midst of cancer. You have peace in the midst of financial ruin. You have peace in the midst of a job you don't like. You have peace in the midst of relational distress. You have a peace from God that doesn't make sense because it's his peace. And remember this, Isaiah 26, 3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. This Christmas, I hope you have a different kind of Christmas because you're experiencing the kindness of God by having peace with God. But there's a second thing. As a result of his kindness, you also have access to God. You have access to God. Now, I... I don't think you get this. So we need to say that out loud and we're going to change the you to I to make it personal. We're going to say, I have access to God. Let's say that together. I have access to God. That's huge. And it changed as a result of what we celebrate at Christmas. The birth, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, he changed our access. Historically speaking. The Jewish people would not say that they had access to God individually. Their access to God was through the priest. And the priest did not have unlimited access to God. The priest only on certain occasions could go where? Into the holy of holies, the most holy place in the temple. (laughs) And you know, they would tie, for our purposes today, just think of it this way. They would tie a rope around his foot so that if God struck him dead while he was in there, they could just pull him out. Because they understood having access to God was a big deal. Now listen to what Paul says. Just out of God's kindness, through him, we've also obtained access by faith. Not because of what you've done. Not because you came to church. Not because you're so religious. By faith. That's why a seven-year-old little blind girl can understand this. It's not based on what family I was born into. It's not based on what I've done. It's based on my faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That word obtained access means you're introduced. You've gained admission. 
But because of the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus, you have access to the Almighty. You have access to the greatest power of all power. You have access to the greatest knowledge of all knowledge. Do you understand how significant that is? And it's all just because God was kind to you. So a while back, I had a meeting at the White House. And some of you, when you think about the White House, we think of that one building we see on the news. But really on the White House grounds are several buildings. And some of those are office buildings. And one of those is where my meeting was. And, and we had to go through a process to get into the White House grounds. But an interesting thing happened when the meeting adjourned. It was just over. And we were just hanging out. At the White House. And you could just walk around. And so I was with one of my friends, a pastor friend. I said, you think I can go in that door over there? He said, no. I said, watch this. I said, if I get stopped, I'm just going to tell him I'm looking for a bathroom because I needed to go to the bathroom. So sure enough, I just walked in, walked around in the halls. I mean, I was right outside the West Wing where the limos were there for the vice president and the president. It was cool. You know how I got there? I had access. Because of what Jesus has done for you, you have access you would have never had. But by his grace, he's giving you access. Hey, let me, let me give you another example. How many, raise your hand if you've got a cell phone. All right. Please make sure it's off. Um, raise your hand if you ever get a call from somebody you, know, you don't know or you don't want to talk to on the cell phone. How do they do? I mean, I've registered for every do not call me list. You can, and now they've tricked you because it used to be 800 numbers. You say, I'm not answering 800 number. Now it's 813. They call you from here. I'm thinking, I'm a pastor. I better answer. Somebody died. Hello. Uh, congratulations, Paul. You won three days, four nights. I don't want to talk to you. So I don't, just tell you, if I don't know your number, I'm probably not going to answer your call. But there's some calls I always answer. If my phone says, babe, I only got one babe. I'm going to always answer that call. If my call says Micah or Caleb or Noah or Luke, I'm going to answer. If my phone indicates that it's my mama, I stepped out of church Wednesday night to take her call. Because that's my family. And the Bible says that out of his kindness, God gave you the opportunity to be adopted into his family. And so at any time you want, you can interrupt what he's doing and climb up on his lap and say, Daddy, we need to talk. That is access. As a result of his kindness, you have peace with God. As a result of his kindness, you have access to God. And you have to use that. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you 
You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. As a result of his kindness, you also have hope from God. Hope from God. But this is not the hope of a wishful child on Christmas morning. This is the hope of a mourning widow who has the confidence that they will see their spouse again. It's what's called confident expectation or assurance. Not a hope-so hope, but a no-so hope. Listen, verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Hope does not disappoint Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. It it shouldn't be lost on us that when God's talking about his gift of hope to us, he does so in the context of suffering. The Christ follower has the hope of God. But the Christ follower will experience suffering. We try to tell you this every time we get the opportunity because there's so much false teaching around this. Make no mistake. Regardless of how much you love God, you will face difficulty on this side of heaven. That's the words of Jesus. In this world, you will face tribulation. The same word here that Paul uses in Romans 5 for tribulation is a word that means pressure. You know what it's like to be under pressure? Pressure with your health. Pressure with your finances, pressure in your vocation, pressure in your relationships. And yet God's word says in the midst of that pressure, in the midst of those suffering times, you have hope. I wonder why he talks about our suffering. I think it's because the brightness of our hope has greater meaning when seen on the backdrop of the world's darkness. You're able to say, this is not my home. This is not all there is. I have hope. So a lot of shopping going on. I called one of my buddies yesterday and I could tell when he answered the phone, he was, he was stressed. I said, are you all right? (sighs) Man, is everything okay? (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm at International Plaza. I'm just thinking, you're crazy. A lot of shopping going on right now. And and if there's jewelry shopping, what happens? You ask to see that piece that's in the case, and they bring it out. And for a split second, they may hold it or put it in your hand. But while they're doing that, they're grabbing something else. You know what it is? A velvet-colored black thing, like a pillow. And they'll put that jewelry, those jewels on that dark backdrop. Why? Because of the contrast. 
And, and I think here in this passage where we're seeing God's kindness magnified, there's a reason why he talks about life's sufferings. Because it's in the reality of life's sufferings that we have to remember out of the kindness of God, we have hope. We have hope. Well, the last thing, as a result of his kindness, you have the love of God. This one we more commonly understand, but maybe we don't fully comprehend. What is the love of God? There are a few passages that describe it better than these next three verses. Look at verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time, say at the right time. Our God is always on time. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that means? It means God's love for me, God's love and kindness toward you. It has nothing to do with your response. Nothing. It's in our deepest moments of weakness. It's in our greatest sinfulness that we have the opportunity to know that God loves us. And so let me give you the best Christmas present you could ever receive today. Hear this and receive it. God loves you. No matter what you've done. No matter who you are. No matter how fast you're running from him. God loves you. The way I just read that, it says God shows his love for us. I learned this verse in the King James, and it says God demonstrates his love for us. But a lot of us that hang out in the Bible, we might quote that verse wrong. We might would say God demonstrated his love for us because that's how we think about it. Because Jesus died on the cross for us in the past. That's one of the reasons we have trouble grasping that it's enough. That what Jesus did is enough because it's so long ago. It's 2,000 years ago. And, And so we think about God's love being demonstrated. But that's not the way this is written. It's written not in the past tense but in the present tense. It's written saying that God demonstrates. God shows his love. You know why? Because you're still a sinner. And you need the truth of the gospel. You need the story of his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection today. Just as much as the day that if you are saved, you were saved. I want you to do me an exercise. I want you to think about the worst person you can think about in history. Maybe it's Stalin or Hitler or somebody, Mussolini. You got somebody in your mind? This means yes. Worst person you can think of in history. All right, let's, let's bring it in a little microscopically. Uh, think about the worst person that you know. That person in your circle that hates God. Man, they don't care how they live, what they do, who they hurt. Got them? I want you to hear something. 
the same sinfulness that is in the heart of those two people that you envisioned is in your heart. The ground really is level at the foot of the cross. No matter what we've done in churches, the Bible does not distinguish among the seriousness of sins. They have different consequences. But all sin separates us from God. And it's with that knowledge of our sinfulness that Jesus gave us the greatest gift we could ever have. He demonstrates his love through his death because his death is what makes possible our forgiveness. See, everything God did was intentional. When you open the scriptures and read God's word, it's intentional. It's not random. His act of kindness toward you was for you with great intention. That's why, by the way, again, if we're going to be like Jesus, Christ followers never have the liberty to be unkind. Because his kindness toward us is huge. And he taught me that again this week. If you've been here for the last few weeks, I've told you one of my joys. This has been an expensive exercise for me. And not very healthy either because I've gone through a lot of drive throughs But one of my joys is kind of going slow and seeing the people behind me wave or give thumbs up. And So this week, I, I, several times, I was passing out these cards different ways, different places. I came to one of the drive throughs here locally and actually the person had seen me do it before. <laughs> going there a little too much. And... Um, she looked at me and she said, it's $21. Are you sure you want to do it? And I said, yeah. And so, but here's what I did. I just crept forward because I was waiting to see them give her the card. I wanted to see the thumbs up or the way or thank you. That's awesome. Merry Christmas. Nothing. <laughs> Didn't look up, took the card, put her down. So I was creeping forward, so I thought, maybe she thinks I can't see her. So I just put it in park for a second. <laughs> Nothing. And I drove off beginning to think, well, that's her. And instantly, God said, don't you get it? When you're demonstrating my kindness, my kind of kindness, it has nothing to do with the response. And I said, yeah, thank you, Lord. What about you? Most of us who've gathered here in the midst of the season, we would say that we've got that relationship with God. My question for you is simple. Are you demonstrating his kindness in practical ways? No strings attached. If not, you're not showing his kind of kindness. But somebody's here today because I prayed for you. You're here, and in your life, you don't have the confidence that you've got that relationship with Jesus. It's not because you're an unusually bad person, but we've already established that really doesn't matter, does it? 
you know that if this life ended today, you wouldn't know where eternity would take you. I want you to hear me say today, out of his kindness, Jesus was born to demonstrate his love, to give you peace, access, and hope right where you are. And all you have to do is trust him. That's shockingly hard to accept in its simplicity. But that's the kindness of God. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.